0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. After listening to the first reading of this weekend's readings, many of us will find this very particular, in fact, even maybe even deeply disturbing. Here we have the Israelites, they're making their way to the promised land to get there they must pass through territory that is controlled by tribes. In the first reading, it's the tribe of Amalek. Consequently, Israel has to conquer these tribes, and they have to do it in a violent way. And so, what are we to make of this? How are we to understand this text? In fact, if you read the first reading, this is hardly a bedtime story that we would tell our children. More to it, this isn't an isolated incident. If you go through the book of Joshua, you read countless battles that are taking place. The Israelites go into battle and are destroying armies. This story and the events of the Israelite people are meant to be seen as symbolic of the spiritual life, the struggle between good and evil. And yet, the important thing is God is present to us, helping us always to overcome evil. The passage that we read in the first reading needs to be read at that level as a symbolic or a spiritual way. We shouldn't read the story for just the content of the information. Instead, we, as believers, we interpret the first reading as saying, in the battle of life, God will always be with us to prevail over that evil. Look at the psalmist for this weekend. The psalmist says, the Lord will guard you from evil. He will guard your life. Furthermore, when we read sacred scripture, we should always read it through the interpretation of the lens of Jesus Christ. I'll give you a great example of this. Remember the road to Emmaus? Jesus encounters those two disciples who don't understand what they recognized in Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. And then it says, Jesus opened their minds and began with Moses and all the prophets to interpret to them, What was referred to Jesus in all of sacred scripture? Well, in sacred scripture, the Israelites stand for everything that is good and right. They stand for God's grace and performing the will of God. Consequently, all the enemies of God are the Babylonians, the Assyrians, in this case, the Amaleks in the first reading. Symbolically, they stand for all the forces that are opposed to God. Therefore, we shouldn't be surprised that when we read the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, we read about battles. Now, why is that? Well, because life itself is sometimes a struggle. The two great forces of good and evil, good, which is the virtuous life, patience, prudence, charity, forgiveness, justice, versus evil, which is violence, hatred, and prejudice. You know, we don't have to look very far into this world to see that. We see good people doing wonderful things like a Mother Teresa, Pope John Paul II, but we also see violence and hatred and war. Take it to a personal level. Maybe each and every one of us has been a victim, maybe of prejudice or injustice or abuse, for simply living out our faith, being Catholic. Augustine refers to this as spiritual warfare. St. Augustine says in spiritual warfare, there's always a struggle between the forces of good and evil. And in that struggle, we have to fight and fight to the finish. There's no room for negotiation or compromise. We have to fight to win. And we have to. There's no compromise with moral or spiritual evil. Things opposed to God will eventually hurt us. Now with that in mind, go back into the first reading. Now we are able to understand and better interpret the passage, and better yet, apply the lessons learned in our own life. Again, the context in which this first reading is set in is that Israelites are making their way to the promised land. But it won't be easy. They have to fight their way past these tribes that stand in their way. So the first lesson that we can apply from this story in our spiritual life is that in the spiritual life, there are struggles against the powers that are opposed to the will of God. What are those powers? Well, hatred, violence, jealousy, division. The Israelites are symbolic of the forces of God. In the spiritual life, sometimes we have to expect opposition. We may have a battle. Now, we go into the first reading. Moses tells Joshua, pick out men and tomorrow go out and engage Amlock in battle. Well, who are the warriors of our day and age, of our 20th century? Who are those people each and every day are in the trenches? Well, all of us, all of us are engaged in some way, shape, or form at some point in time in our life against the forces that are opposed to God. Paul puts it best in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. He says, Put on the armor of God that you will be able to stand against the schemes of evil. And so, at some point in time in our life, we've had to battle that ourselves. Now, the story continues. It says, As long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the better of the fight. But when he let his hands rest, Amalek had the better of the fight. Well, notice here, the Israelites are not being led by Joshua, who is really the general of the Israelite people. They're being led by Moses, the prophet. Now, this is an unusual battle. Typically, we know battles in our day and age, it pits general against general. But instead, it's about Moses lifting his hands up to God in prayer. And as long as his hands are raised up in prayer, the Israelites do well in battle. But when he lets his hands down and he stops praying, and that's key, he stops praying they don't do well in battle. The message is very clear. We cannot rely upon ourselves to fight the spiritual struggles. We won't fare well. In fact, we'll even fail by ourselves. But when we open ourselves up to God in prayer, just like Moses did, and rely upon the power of God in our life, then yes, we'll be victorious over the forces that are opposed to God. We have to recognize And rely upon the power of God in our life. See, when we do this, then yes, we will be successful in the battle between good and evil. That's why prayer is so critical for us all. It was for Moses and the Israelites in this battle, so too with us. Paul speaks about this in the second reading from this weekend's readings. He says, Be persistent, whether convenient or inconvenient. We have to always be praying, people of prayer. Even when we feel tired and we don't want to, even when we feel discouraged, we should always be praying. We see this also in the gospel, the woman who persists, she doesn't give up, and that what happens at the end, the judge finally grants her a favorable judgment because she was so persistent. Now, God wants us to be persistent in our prayer also. I always say never underestimate the power of prayer. I'll give you some examples. Look at St. Monica. St. Monica, she always prayed for her son, which we know now as St. Augustine. Before Augustine converted to Catholicism, he lived a life of debauchery. He was an adulterer, a drunkard, he lived a very wild life. And yet every day for many, many years, St. Monica prayed for his conversion. She prayed, she shed many tears for his conversion to Catholicism. And one day, her prayers were answered. Essentially, Augustine woke up. He recognized his situation and his need for God and then was baptized by St. Ambrose himself. And then we see the conversion of St. Augustine and how he became one of the greatest saints and theologians of our church. Look at Mother Teresa. In 1950, she establishes her order, the Missionaries of Charity, with just a handful of nuns. And she told them to pray. Pray several times a day, every day, for the success of her order. And it occurred. It happened. To this day, now the Missionaries of Charity number about 4,500 nuns who serve in 130 different countries. And it all started with prayer. Now, the story continues. It says Moses' hands, however, grew tired, so they put a rock in place for him to sit down. Meanwhile, Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, and so that his hands remained steadily till sunset. Well, here we have a story of the identity of three different types of people. You have your fighters, which is Joshua and the men that he picked to go up against Amalek. You have your prayers, Moses, who prays for the success of the mission. But also you have the supporters, which is Aaron and Ur. They are literally holding Moses' arms up so that he continues to pray throughout the battle, and in doing so, essentially, good prevails over evil. What's important for us to understand is all of these Different identities of people are all dependent upon each other. Friends, this is a great portrait of our church. This is what our church looks like. We have these same people in our church today, fulfilling these same roles. I'll give you some examples. The fighters, I would refer to them in the 21st century as workers. These are people that engage, engage things like catechesis. We have catechists who volunteer to teach faith formation to our young children, our teenagers, even to adults. So they engage catechesis. Or we have workers that engage hunger. They work at St. Ben's meal program in downtown Milwaukee to feed the hungry and the poor. Or they work at the food pantry in the local town. They engage hunger. Or we have people that engage grief people that volunteer to be part of a bereavement ministry at our parishes. And so we have workers, but we also have prayers, like Moses, prayer warriors, people that share their prayers for our parish and the success of our parish so that the variety of ministries in our parishes become and always will be vibrant. And at the same time, we have supporters like Aaron and Er people that support our parish by sharing their prosperity so that our prayers and our workers have enough resources so that all the ministries of our parish are successful. More to it, all three of these roles are interdependent of each other. They are all dependent upon each other and working together for the success of our parish. Now, what does this mean for each and every one of us? Well, we have to find our role. Maybe we are a worker, Maybe we are a prayer, or maybe we are a supporter, or maybe we engage in all three of those aspects. All of us have a role to play for the success of our parish. As I mentioned many times, part of being Catholic means action. We act out on our faith. We don't sit on the sidelines and watch other people act on their faith. Each and every one of us has a role to play. We all are dependent upon each other for the success of our parish now and in the future. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.